Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining. This is Milan Milan, and we're here for Joel 1. So we're going to go over Joel 1 in its entirety. I do have a key verse, and let's get it. guys thanks 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 so much for being here so we're gonna go through Joel 1 now Joel 1 it is basically well Joel in general is about he's a prophet okay um, mind you is one of the minor um, books and again minor just meaning not very long Okay, so Joel only has three chapters. Joel is a prophet and he is sent by the Most High Yah to warn the people of Judah um, about repenting. Okay, so we're going to get right to it. Hope you have your pens and your Bibles and anything else you need so we can get through this study. All right, so Joel 1, the locust plague in Judah. The word of the Lord came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, you elders, and give ear, all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children and their children another generation. What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. Awake, you drunkards, and weep, and wail all you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it has been cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land, strong and without number. His teeth are teeth of a lion, and he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. Its branches are made white. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offering has been cut from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. The field is wasted. The land mourns for the grain is ruined. The new wine is dried up. The oil fails. Be ashamed you farmers well you vine dressers for the wheat and the barley because the harvest of the field has perished the vine has dried up and the fig tree has withered the pomegranate tree the palm tree also and the apple tree all the trees of the field are withered surely joy has withered away from the sons of men Gird yourselves and lament, you priests. Well, you who minister before the altar, come lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God. For the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of your, the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come off as a destruction from the Almighty. It is not 
the food. Cut off before your eyes joy and gladness from the house of your God, of our God. The seed shrivels under the clods. Storehouses are in shambles. Barns are broken down, for the grain is withered. How the animals groan, the herds of the cattle are restless, because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of the sheep suffer punishment. O Lord, to to you I cry out, for fire has devoured the open pastures as a flame has burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field also cry to you, for the water brooks are dried up and fire has devoured the open pastures. Okay, so that's a lot. Right, but what we're focusing on <clears throat> this today, what we're focusing on is Joe 1 4. Joe 1 4, I'm gonna go back. It says, What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. What the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. So if you notice, there are four types that he's pointing out in verse four, right? Chewing, swarming, crawling, and consuming. So you guys, one of the things I recently got, and I'm pretty excited about it, is this um, IVP background commentary. So this is a book that I got one for the old and one for the new. And like wish it came all like in one big book, but it did not. I searched and it just didn't. So this is going to give us a little bit of help with breaking down just this particular part okay so in this book what it is saying is since locusts were very familiar to the agriculture economy of the near east the various languages are all full of precise vocabulary the four terms in this verse uh, in the entire old testament basically they pale beside the 18 terms known from the Akkadian. Interpreters are divided on whether these four words are reference to the life cycle of the locusts, which are the lave stage, right? That's when they're black and they're hopping and they're wingless, or the second stage, which is when they're black and yellow and they have wings and they have jaws, okay? The third stage um, is their yellow, and they are fully developed. And then the fourth stage is when they're sexually mature, when they're an adult. So they're not sure if it's referring to the four stages or whether it's the four different species. What I'm telling you is there are four, okay, four types, four. And just listen, like really listen to this verse what the chewing locust left the swarming locust has eaten what the swarming locust left the crawling locust has eaten what the crawling locust left the consuming locust has eaten so this is a swarm nonetheless this is huge nonetheless okay it's literally one right after the other 
okay so if you look in the through your um through your love letters right through the holy bible you're going to see when when our god is mentioning locusts when there are locusts it is a type of um his wrath okay think about it in revelation 9 in revelation 9 it speaks about the um the locusts let me actually go to it because there's another part that just had me like mm-hmm this is definitely God's wrath. So in Revelation 9, it speaks about the fifth trumpet being blown, the locust from the bottomless pit, right? Now, understanding that this may not all be literal, but it is referring to it as locust. When it refers to locust, it is his judgment on the people. It's his judgment. So it says in Revelation 9, it says, Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star falling from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth and to them was given power as the scorpion of the earth has power they were commanded not to harm the grass or the earth or any green thing or any tree but only those men who did not have the seal of god on their foreheads so right there we see locusts and Joel where they're consuming all of the green stuff, right? But in Revelation 9, they're not. They're going after the people who are not for Christ, who are not for our Savior, our Creator of heaven and earth. They're going for people. All right. But it's still His wrath, okay? And if we look in Exodus 10, Exodus 10 is one of those plagues. It's actually the eighth plague where it talks about the locusts. So Exodus 10 says, Now the Lord said to Moses, Go in to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine before him, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son, the mighty things that I have done in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them that you may know that I am the Lord. Now, when you go further, when you go further down here um, in verse 10, you continue to read it's only like 20 verses but when you go further in 10 it talks about the locusts um i see it right here locust locust in exodus 10 verse 14 and the locusts went up over all the land of egypt and rested on all the territory of egypt they were very severe previously there have been no such locusts as they, nor shall there be such after them. Y'all hear that? So these locusts in Exodus 10 was that bad. 
that is not going to be like this after after them right after what happened here in Egypt so every time that we see locusts it is a type of God's wrath on the people and obviously it's for being disobedient against him not following what they should be following and then when you you know the story about Moses you know that um his people the children of Israelite were in Egypt and they were being held captive and Moses and Aaron were like hey you gotta let them go God wants them to like go you've been treating them bad they gotta go right Pharaoh his heart was hardened he didn't want to let them go until he had to let them go right but this is almost in Exodus 10 where they're almost at the point where they are about to be released. But then, look, he has a trick, right? Because Satan always got a trick. Come back and try to get his people, but then that's how they drown, right? Up in the sea. They got parted for his people. He didn't part for them. He parted for his people. He always makes an escape for his people. He always provides for his children, hands down. I don't care read any story you're going to see that he always comes through look at your life you are a true believer you follow christ he's going to make a way for you no matter what the situation looks like think about what the people were faced against he made a way for them he'll make a way for you all right that was for somebody so getting back into joe we're talking about these locusts, you guys, these locusts are no joke. These locusts are tearing up everything. Ain't nothing left for the people. Nothing. How do I know? Because it says it right here in Joel. Look at Joel 1.5 uh, where it says, Awake you drunkards and weep, and well all you drinkers of wine because of the new wine, for it has been cut off from your mouth. We just got through talking about the consuming locusts and all the things that these locusts are doing. There is nothing on the land. And if you go down verses um, 7, it said, He has laid waste my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. Its branches are made white. He's got nothing. Like, nothing. So then he further goes on to say, Lament like a virgin girded in sackcloth for the husband of her youth. So he's basically saying, he gave the warning. You need to repent. Now you need to act. So, so repentance is asking for forgiveness. That's why he's telling them to um, lament like a virgin girded in sackcloth. Anytime in biblical days when someone says, hey, girded in sackcloth, or they were in sackcloth, they are coming true worship, true repentance, not just, oh, I'm sorry, but like literally I'm sorry and I'm turning away from the thing that is known as sin, right? So it's just like in Romans 10, when you repent, you're turning from your sin. You're not just saying, oh, I apologize. You're literally repenting for what you did. So I'm not going to define a word with the word because that's impossible. Repentance is to literally turn away. Turn away from it. 
not just okay i'm done for today or i'm done for right now or i need a break from that it's like i need to stop that i need to turn away i need not to do that again i need to go towards the light stop going towards the dark i need to choose higher and stop choosing flesh i need to pick up my cross and say no this is not what i'm gonna do right that's repentance okay i hope that was clear (laughs) that was repentance that would be repentance and we can repent basically on anything because none of us are perfect none of us are perfect we all need our creator we all need god there are so many people in this world that are quickly to refute him and refuse him because they don't want to repent they don't want it to be a god that needs that 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 will save them if they literally repent and just ask him. They don't believe there is a God, but it doesn't take away the fact that there is God, right? There is only one true living God. It doesn't take that fact away. Their hearts are hardened. Their hearts are like Pharaoh, the one we just discussed about in Exodus 10. Their hearts are like these people, right? Like, why did Joe have to come out in the first place? Obviously, they was doing something that was against God, but he loves his people so much that he was sent a warning. He was sent a prophet. He was sent someone to let you know, hey, what you're doing is not okay. You need to stop what you're doing right but i love how our love letters are written it's like it's so colorful it just if you close your eyes if you read some verses and you close your eyes and you just really try to imagine it it's just like it's amazing right um so we're in the book of joe and we're gonna go through the whole book of joe mind you again it's only three um books so it's three chapters within the book so we won't be on it long i may come back on later today and get over joe too if not tune in tomorrow but we're gonna get through joe we're gonna read the book of joe um i'm pretty excited about it i um i hope you guys are too um i hope that this was a blessing i hope that it gave you some understanding um anything that you don't know in the bible take it and try to find out how many times it is how many times that occurred like study it like that's just one way that i study and i found it to be helpful so i hope that would be helpful for you so you can get a better understanding about okay it meant this and here it meant this and there and it meant you know what i mean like try to find what's common about it um always pray always 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 pray because the father will make it known he is the source right he's the source and the holy spirit whoo his holy spirit he's gonna he's gonna remind you of verses he's gonna remind you like when you're not you know really sure when you don't remember he will remind you so read even if you don't understand you pray then you read and you pray and you read some more and then you meditate on it and then you study those words they kind of stood out to you right because they stood out to you for a reason so you you study those and you just ask um, the most high for a understanding and what you know then share it share it ain't gotta be a podcast it could be a podcast whatever he's calling you to do share what you know share the love of christ in you share his goodness right because he is good one of the things I know that I have been wanting to um, discuss, and it's just like so wow, and it's so amazing how God works 
that he brings things like to like full circle for you. And I don't mean like he's wild, like he's chaotic because he's not. I mean, wild is an amazing, wild is an, oh my goodness, you give me this um, burst of this energy, this excitement, like it's awesome. So talk, we want, I want to talk about different types of prayers, right? Oh my goodness. And he definitely confirmed it for me today. Um, so talking about different types of prayers, because you guys, if you just open your eyes, look out the window, look, cut the TV on just for a second, even if you're really not a TV person, look at all the crazy stuff that is happening around this world, right? The stuff that's happening around this world literally are things that the Bible said would come to pass. So we're going to be talking about different types of prayers because huh, believers, we need to be in the spirit we need to be praying for our loved ones we need to be praying for those completely lost completely lost and oblivious to the things that literally are occurring okay in real time so we're going to be talking about different types of prayers and yes 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 i've been asking my father about the new segment of podcast that i've been talking about right for a little while and um, this kind of like just fits in with that. But I want concrete confirmation, right? So I'm not going to even say it just yet. But we will soon be talking about different types of prayer because that is important. We are talking about growing in Christ. We are talking about living for him. We are talking about not only reading the word, but applying it to our lives. We are talking about having... Um, prayer groups we are talking about growing closer to the father like you have to put down the things of the world now i'm not saying that you can't work the work right i'm not saying don't spend time with your family i'm not saying none of that i'm not saying that you can't have friends i'm not saying any of that what i'm saying is you need to be serious about your faith you need to be serious about where your soul ends up and not only your soul, the people that you run across. Just as easy as you can talk about whatever show is on TV, right? You should be able to talk about Christ. It's just that simple. Is he a part of your life that you are sharing? And if he's not, pray about it because it should just be that easy so i love you guys i truly do love you love you love you and i pray that this blesses you i pray that you take it back to our father because again he is the source take it back to him pray and you ask him for anything that wasn't clear ask him to make it clear and he will um, repent. Let's repent of all sins, right? Daily. Now it's a difference. Let me just go. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me just let me just put this out. So it's a difference. People, there are some people who live live in sin willfully, and there are some people who make mistakes. Okay. So the people who live in sin willfully are not believers. The people who make mistakes are believers, but because we are not perfect, mistakes are made. Meaning, people live, willfully live in sin. Why can't I talk today? People who willfully live in sin um, 
they plan for it. They plan to go do things that are just contrary to God. Now, they may not be saying in their head, oh, I'm going to do this because it's against God. But they're making plans, and those plans are against God. So they're willfully living in their sin. Okay. Then you have people, um, believers, that are doing their best to follow Christ, trying to stay away from the snares of the enemy, right? But every now and again, we fall. That's me. (laughs) I don't willfully live in sin, but I am not perfect. I certainly make mistakes. I get up. I'm ashamed. I have learned the quicker that I come to repentance, (laughs) the better for me. Um... So, shame comes from the devil, comes from Satan himself. But our Father, He gently brings you back to Him. He gently reminds you, you shouldn't be doing that. You need to repent, right? So, um, yeah, try to be the latter and not the former, okay? Let's not willfully live in sin. Let's literally live a life of repentance. Let's literally live for Christ. Let's ooh, make our father proud. That's what I be trying to do. I be trying to make him smile. <laughs> All right. I love you guys. I'm rambling. Um, go in peace. Until next time, stay tuned for any updates that we're going to talk about Joel. Because um, we're going to finish the book of Joel. Y'all willing. I love you. And shalom. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining today. Um, I hope it was good for you because it was good for me. So we are going to get on to Joel 2. Um, it will come out later today, February 18, 6 p.m. Eastern time. So let's stay tuned for that. Remember, you are a child of the Multi God. There's everything that's going around you cannot partake in right? You are to be set apart. Remember that. I understand it's a high call. I completely understand. But understand the God that we serve, the world that we live in is not his world. It's not, it's it's his creation, yes, but sin has taken a whole nother thing going on. And um, we understand that Satan is the prince, right, of the world. However, we he has a kingdom a kingdom that we are a part of um we are his children we are here to give his word give it in love we are here to make sure that when he does return he finds his bride unblemished You cannot be unblemished and getting drunk every weekend. That's just facts. So whatever it is that is stopping you from worshiping the Most High God, whatever it is that's keeping you from true repentance, give it up. 
And I am not saying this as if I don't know that sin can be difficult, right? I'm saying this because it is the best thing that we can do. And no, we cannot do it on our own. So you always ask the Father for his strength, for his um, guidance, for his protection to move you out of whatever it is that's holding you from him. Because he is such a holy God that he cannot be part of the sin at all. At all. So, all my links are in the description. Let's go on this walk together, this faith walk, right? Because it's our life, our eternity <laughs> depends on it. And I say that smiling because I know at the end, I will be joined again with my father. And that is just amazing. And um, it makes things easier to get through in this world here. Knowing that this isn't the end. Knowing that he has way better for me. Knowing that he has true love and acceptance. Which this world has none of it. None of it. So if you know anyone, which we all do. If you know anyone that doesn't no Christ. Share your testimony. Share the gift that the Most High has given you. Grace, love, and acceptance. Shalom. <laughs>